here's the cool thing, all right? Are you ready for this? The Spirit is still living and active today. Amen? He's still living and active today. And so this spiritual, it was like a spiritual gateway coming. you got to think about this. The old religious order was hard. It was a bunch of rules and regulations. Thou shalt not. You can't do that. You can't touch that. You can't eat this. You can't eat this, but you have to do it this way. And this is the terrible thing. They couldn't eat steak with cheese. They couldn't eat meat, beef with dairy products. I mean, you can't, in other words, you couldn't have butter on your bread with your steak. You're like, Pastor, what? Oh, that's a bad rule. Come on, lighten up. Lighten up a little bit. And so they had all these rules and regulations and, and then they had these religious leaders who went around and, and they, they, they forced them to live this terrible life. So their religious faith was dead. It was empty. It was constricting them. It was holding them back. Then Jesus comes along and talks about a relationship. It talks about power. Then the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the Holy Spirit blows out this old, dead religion of control by men and He breathes new life into them. And there is now a spiritual gateway where the Spirit of God begins to flow through them. If you look through the Old Testament, at times the Holy Spirit came upon people at different times and then He would leave. Here, the Holy Spirit would dwell in them, but He'd also fill them with power and He would not leave. And so every one of them now became a gateway to the touch of God. That every one of the 120 disciples that got filled with the Holy Spirit and more got filled later, they were like a spiritual gateway. Everywhere they went, the power of God was manifest. And you see, that spiritual gateway is still available today. Say today. It is available today when we release ourselves to allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to refresh us, to renew us, to blow out the cobwebs of our dead religion, to put a new fire in us. Come on, amen? And so I want you to receive what's going to happen. You see, this is it. We're talking about this gateway to the supernatural. So let me read again. Acts chapter 2. Just follow along this. Acts 2, 2 through 4. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine this room? Somebody's like, oh my goodness, my hair would get messed up. The papers would get blown all over the place. That'd be fun, kind of. Pastor Stan, you'd get knocked over. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. I'd love the Holy Spirit to just have His way. And then it says, so this this blowing sound, then then they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the Spirit descends upon them and something new happens. Isn't this exciting? Come on. So the Spirit of God, the breath of God breathes into them. And here's what needs to happen in the church in America, in this church again, Pastor Stan again, is we need the fresh breath of God to blow into us. Come on, amen? We need God to, to blow into us and, and pull, just blow out the dust cobs and the cobweb, dust, dust bunnies and all the cobwebs, all that junk. And let the Holy Spirit transform our thinking again. And let the fire of God kindle our emotions again. I mean, during worship, we just sometimes, and I know what happens, we hear songs over and over and over again, and they don't mean much to us. I understand that. But what happens is if we don't get refreshed with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what song there is. And and today was a moving time during worship. It took a while for me to get into it because I was praying for you to get into it. And I began to sense the Spirit upon me. As we went into that third song, going to the fourth song, I could sense the Spirit was there. And and He's here now. But what happens is our flesh tries to control the Spirit. And so you need to let go. Some of you are holding on like this. You're like, let go. 
And let the breath of God, the rauk, the pneuma, blow into us right now. And blow, blow the control off. And blow new life into you and put a fire. And so here it is, this, this new blowing of the Spirit comes in and, and He awakens the church. He blows out the old stuff. And you see our spirit, say you're, you, have, you have spirit, say I have spirit. Okay, you are a human being. There, there's three parts of you, of course. There's your, your flesh, right? Touch your flesh, your flesh. Okay, you're not an android. Uh, you're not a robot. You're flesh, okay? And then you have intellect. You're all smart. You're all intelligent. You're all good looking, by the way. And you smell nice. Thank you for showering this morning, last night. Okay, that's a good thing. And so, but the third thing is you have a spirit. You have this spirit in you. And when the spirit comes into you, your spirit can come alive. Come on. It can come alive. There's times when, have you come to worship and all of a sudden you, you walk in, you worship, and then boom, you just feel God. And there's sometimes you don't. And there's times God moves you to compassion or moves you to excitement or moves you to, to, to want to do something. And here's what's happening is now, we, our spirits, are like a port of entry for the Holy Spirit. But the issue is we block that port. We are afraid of letting the Holy Spirit come into us and fill us and renew us and refresh us while I'm saved and going to heaven. And that's awesome and that's true. But we don't want the Holy Spirit to control us. We're afraid of Him. Come on, amen? And so then we fill our minds up with all the other stuff. We fill our, our lives up with all this other activity. And the Holy Spirit says, I can give you renew, un, just renewable, that's the whole thing now, renewable energy. Okay? God can give you an, an, a renewal energy every day, every second of your life that never runs out. Isn't that exciting? Man, watching, the, watching little Isaac up here with that energy. Some, remember those days, some of you? Long, I mean, just full of energy and excitement. That energy of the Holy Spirit can be in us still today. Come on, amen? So when the Spirit enters into your spiritual gate with your spirit, but He can also enlighten your mind. He can give you creativity. He can give you wisdom. He can give you knowledge. He can give you insight that you've never had, even beyond your age and your learning. And here's what's happened at Pentecost. This new spiritual awakening comes upon the church. They go from people hiding to now people boldly proclaiming Jesus Christ. And the church began to grow, and it's still growing today. And see, the, but the problem in America is again, and the problem in this church is we want dignified Christianity. We want God to work, and we want Pastor Stan to be done at 12 o'clock on the dot, even done with the altar, because we've got things to do today. This is the American church. Experts in, in, in the, the church research say that Christians in America will, will give the church at least one hour on Sunday morning, an hour and a half, and sometimes they'll give them another hour later in the week because they've got so much stuff to do. And I want to say the Holy Spirit has so much more than what you can ex- expect in an hour sometimes, an hour and a half, maybe two hours a week. I mean, He can fill you all week long at work, home, and school, but the problem is we're checking off our box. We've been to church, hold the Holy Spirit. I heard the Pentecost sermon. That's great, awesome. We did our buddy barrel, great. Let's go on to work. But see, what about going to work instead of you being angry or stressed out or worn out or having no idea what to do or being stuck with the computer program or, or the, how about the Holy Spirit enlightening coming upon you? You come in, you breathe life into the workplace. You're a joy to be around. That be, wouldn't that be awesome for once? You have insight. God gives you knowledge. God gives you the answer to all the problems. And all of a sudden, you're like, they're like, what happens? The Holy Spirit's in me, man. The power of God is here. Imagine them saying, well, man, can you pray for me? Yeah, let me pray for you. Healings happen. Miracles work. Oh, that doesn't happen because you don't want it to happen. 
you are afraid of being that spiritual gateway. You see, Pentecostals used to be known for that. Charismatics used to be known for that. But now we want to be dignified and we want to, we want to look proper. We want to smell right. And we want to be educated, which thank God you're educated. And continue with education. And awesome. And that's all good. But unless the Holy Spirit empowers all that, it's just what it is. Come on, amen? The Creator of God who created the universe, He wants to live in you. He wants to make you a spiritual powerhouse. Come on, amen? What does the wind do? Well, again, the wind of the Spirit. Uh, how about a good wind? You ever sometimes, I know some of you don't like it, but there are days we need a good wind. When we lived in Salt Lake City, it was a mountain valley. Say mountain valley. And in this mountain valley, the, there would be lots of cars. And, and so we, what would happen when there, there was no wind and the certain cloud cover, all, the, all the, the pollution from the cars would just begin to hover over the valley. And you would drive, and we lived on one side of the valley. I'd drive from the church, and I'd drive over to, to this other side of the valley where we lived, and I could look over, and you could just saw this brown cloud, just hazing. And you'd begin to feel it. And one day, I've told you this many times, we had a yellow lab. He was huge. He was awesome. He wasn't fat. He was just... He wasn't Twinkie Challenge. He was healthy. And, uh, and so I remember coming home one day, and it was a very heavy day. The inversion was over. It was dark. It was, like, <coughs> it was hard to breathe. And my dog had like puffy eyes, and, and it was like, man, the, even this junk is affecting my dog. And so what they would, the weathermen would say, we need a good wind to come in and blow this junk out. And then guess what? God of heaven would send a wind and it'd blow all the junk out. All of a sudden the sun is shining. The birds are singing. We're all breathing. We're breathing. You see, it's the same way in your spiritual life. The heaviness of the life overwhelmed you. Work, stress, all this, the garbage that you and I watch on TV. And I'm sorry, I, I do the same thing. It overwhelms us and it's dark and we're having a hard time breathing. And we need a fresh breath of God to blow out all that junk. And then we can see heavens. We can breathe new life into those around us. And you see, this is what the Holy Spirit can do if we allow Him to. This is what Pentecost did to the church. This is what Pentecost did to, to the Jewish believers who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. God is stirring His people. He wants to do something new. He wants to unstick us. Come on, amen? He wants to unstick me. He wants to unstick you. He wants to do something fresh. So then the fire comes. And what does the fire mean? Well, again, the fire is, is burn, it burns off junk. It's a new thing. And so uh, do you remember, this was back, I'm dating myself a little bit back. It was in the late 80s where Yellowstone had these uh, terrible forest fires and they were started by lightning. But the, the thing is, the, the, the park ranger said, we need to let these fires burn because there's so much garbage and so much undergrowth and the, and the plants are choking themselves out that it's killing the environment. Can you believe that? So they let the fire, these forest fires, they would allow some of these forest fires to burn through. And of course, some people worried and all that. And so they would, as they began to realize this fire is good and we, they'd put it out and they'd let it burn to other places. But what it did was it, it renewed the park. New growth could come. New life. The animals could have new places. And so sometimes the fire of God needs to come in and burn out the garbage of the world. It needs to burn out some of your old-time religion, some of your, old, your mindsets and, and the philosophies of the world. And God needs to give you some new thoughts, some new creativity. And I tell you, I've been getting frustrated myself in the last ones. Like, God, you're the God of creation. I need to tap into you. I need to have your knowledge. I need to have your power. Because no matter what we do, it's sometimes useless without the Spirit's power. And you see, this is the spiritual gateway that God wants to do today. Say today. today. In your life. 
in this church, in this community. And so receiving this baptism in the Spirit or receiving this refreshing, it shouldn't be a goal, but it's a gateway. You can have a spiritual gateway from God every day. Isn't that exciting? Say every day. Don't you want to live with a spiritual connection with God every day? Come on, amen? amen? Pastor, that's a trick question. If I say no, then you're going to get on to me. Well, that's up to you. So here's what happens. Here's, here's the baptism of the power. Here's what it does. So number one, it's a gateway to the supernatural. The second part, it's, it's for witnessing. It's for witnessing. As, as we saw and I'm excited about our missions team going out, um, Acts 1.8, again, Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will be my witnesses. I don't know about you, but again, we were going out to dinner last night and um, some of us were getting alerts on our phones that there was another terrorist attack in London. And I, and I did, I was so upset. I was like, Lord, let the church arise. Protests aren't helping. Politicians aren't helping. The, it's, the Holy Spirit needs to help. The church needs to go and preach the gospel and see these men and women saved so they don't go out and feel like they have to kill other people. That's from the devil. Remember John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life abundantly. And you see, when people's minds and spirits are renewed and changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, they don't want to kill other people. They want to help other people. And no amount of protesting, no amount of, 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 of people getting, uh, our, our world leaders getting on there saying, I, I denounce this is terrible. And they should do that, but the Holy Spirit needs to come alive in the church. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. And it says we need to be witnesses. So they went out and they were witnesses and they, they told people about Jesus Christ. You see, the old church model, the old religious model was broken. It was controlled by a bunch of religious men. And the Holy Spirit said, That's, I'm done with that. That is not working. You see, the church is not owned by mankind. It is empowered and owned by Jesus Christ. And He calls us to be witnesses wherever we go. God intended for us to establish His kingdom wherever we go. And you see, some of the churches have forgotten the Great Commission and the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to empower us. He's there to help you. Come on, amen? He helps you when your, your friend, your co-worker, the person in the cubicle next to you, they're, they're dealing with life's troubles and you don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit can tell you what to say. You may even, the Holy Spirit might lead you to lay hands on them and pray for them and see them healed. So this is what the Holy Spirit's for. The next thing is prayer. The next thing is prayer. Write that down. Prayer. The disciples went from praying in despair and hiding, oh God, deliver us and please watch over us and let nothing bad happen to us. And we all get in those prayers too. Now they get filled with the Holy Spirit. They loudly proclaim. People again, as, you, as you, we, we saw in the little video and I read to you, they begin to say, what is going on? What, what does this mean? And Peter goes out and preaches. He convicts them. They're cut to the heart, the Bible says. And they're like, this is, isn't this Peter, the guy that was like cursing and denying Jesus? And now he's telling us we need to get saved and, and we feel it. What do we do? And he says, repent, every one of you. And they do. And 3,000 people are added to the church that day. Can you imagine if you and I would stop just praying, Oh God, bless me, bless my food. God, just meet my needs. Which you should pray that. But when we begin to unite in prayer, say, God, would you change the nation? Would you change the nations of the world? God, would you allow us to work in your power and your Holy Spirit? Because remember, I, I kind of quoted to you Matthew 18. It says that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's a spiritual gift that God gives us. And you see, we watch the news and the sad news again of, of the, the terrorist attacks that are happening. I, I got angry, but I said, oh, Holy Spirit, stop this. Stop this evil in Jesus' name. 
You're looking at me like, well, that's great, Pastor. You have the ability through the Holy Spirit to do the same thing. You have the authority of Jesus Christ to do the same thing. Come on, amen? Amen. See, instead of us blaming the politicians and, and religions of the world, we need to use the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6, 18. Do I have it? Do I have it? Yes, I do. It says this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we're supposed to be praying for our brothers and sisters here and all over the world. It says that we're to pray in the Spirit. What is praying in the Spirit? It, it means speaking in tongues. It means letting the Holy Spirit speak to you and how to pray for certain situations. Here's how powerful our prayers can be. Are you ready? You can change your prayers from, Oh God, help me to get by, to, Oh God, change the world. Are you ready? Here it is. Here's the next scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5. through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we can't use the world's weapons. We have spiritual weapons that have greater power. So greater power. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us and you can bind the work. You can pray for release. You can pray. And I know, because I, again, I'm ang- I get angry seeing that these people are slashing and killing, but they're blinded. So I'm praying, God, open their eyes. Let them come to know Jesus. Deliver them from this destructive spirit in Jesus' name. When, imagine if all of us begin to pray in unity about that. Imagine if churches all over the world begin to pray like that. What would happen? Come on, Amen. Holy Spirit, help us, awaken us to the, the power of prayer. You see, this is what happened. The church went from a weak, entire church to a church that did something powerful. And I have the, I'm just, just write it down, Romans uh, 8, 26 through 27. It says the Holy Spirit helps us when we don't know what to pray. You see, the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, it helps you to understand how to pray. When you're tired, He can help you. The Spirit can inspire you. You can become an instrument of the Holy Spirit. You can give words of wisdom. You can give knowledge. You can help people out. Isn't that exciting? Some couple of you are like, amen. I'll be like, oh no, not me. Yes, you. Talking to you, every one of you. Me. Number four, teaching. The Holy Spirit teaches us all good things. Say all good things. God is not a God of confusion, right? His truth is loving. It's powerful. It gives you life. It, it protects you from evil. It helps other people. And so the Holy Spirit is available to all of us. Say, all of us. He can teach us and He can guide us. And so here it is, John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit, listen to this. I read this in a book from another pastor. He was, this pastor was praying and uh, uh, he woke up praying in the Spirit. He said it doesn't happen very often. He said he woke up praying in the Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit told him to tell his congregation. The Holy Spirit told this pastor, tell his congregation, tell your congregation I'm smarter than all of them. He's like, what? He said, yes. Tell your congregation I'm smarter than all of them. You think about that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're one. God has, He knows everything. So if God knows everything, and the Holy Spirit knows everything, He's smarter than you and me. Come on, amen? He's smarter than all the people put together with all our accumulated knowledge. He is sm- he, he's always smarter. So why do we... Ignore him. When he says, Jesus said, I will guide you in all truth. 
I will teach you all things that you need to know. And I'm not against education, by the way, because you know I, I love education, but we're to use it for the kingdom of God. But so, so check this out. The Holy Spirit is smarter than you. You thought you were smarter than me? Well, you probably are, which is a good thing. But the Holy Spirit's smarter than you and I and all of us put together. And you don't always have to come up with every answer. And you, you don't always have to explain everything about God. Because if we could explain everything about God, then He would not be God. Think about that, you intellectuals. You're like, you're computating. I can see it right now, the math, and you're trying to figure out the formulas. God is not a formula to be figured out. God is a living force to live in you and through you, to change the world. He is a loving Father. Come on, amen? And it so says here, John 16, 13, but when He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak on only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. Then John 14, 26. Do I have it? Yes, I do. Awesome. It says this, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Say all things. And will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Spirit is the great teacher of the Scriptures. You see, for some of us, we read the Bible and it's boring, it's dead, because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to waken our minds up. We're, we're not allowing the Spirit to breathe life in us when we read the Word. And I'm asking you to do that. Let the Spirit speak to you. Come on, amen? You don't have to know Hebrew and Greek. Maybe you do. And, 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 and you don't have to have a doctrine in theology. And if you do, that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with learning, as I've already said. But you see, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. He moved upon people when they wrote the Word. If the Holy Spirit moved upon the author, then He can move upon you. Well, I know. So like, wow, that's earth-shaking. Well, it is because you're going to come in a place in your life where you're going to try to figure things out on your own. And God is saying, I have all knowledge. I will guide you into truth. I can teach you all things that you need, not just to be successful in life, but to solve some of the world's problems, to solve some of the issues, to be creative. Come on, amen? Let's tap into the Holy Spirit. Let's not be afraid of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's allow the Spirit to teach us and empower us. Come on, amen? And you see, the Holy Spirit can also protect you from being deceived. There's lots of deception out there. Jesus said, watch out, in the last days, many will come in my name. If you haven't gathered that right now, there are many in the name of Jesus that aren't from God. How do you know they're not from God? Well, the Holy Spirit will tell you. He will tell you, right? If you're in the Spirit, you're listening. When you, if someone comes to you and you're like, okay, I, I'm not sure about that, that might be the Holy Spirit telling you, just be careful. Be cautious. Okay? Be careful. Because specifically, if their teachings do not align with the Word of God and do not agree with Jesus Christ as Lord, then they are not from God. They might call themselves a, a great teacher. They might call themselves a, a believer. They might call themselves a prophet or evangelist or, or someone great like that. But the Holy Spirit can inspire you. And of course, number, the, the fifth thing is the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. Say, the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. And I'm going to just talk about this just for a moment. John 15, 26, it says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about Me. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to testify about Jesus. Come on, amen? Jesus. Spirit-filled believers look to lift up Jesus. Spirit-filled pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, leaders, they look to build up Jesus, not themselves. Okay, I'm going to step on some toes just for a moment. If there's a ministry, it's all about that person. Right? 
and, and helping them preach the gospel, helping them do their thing, helping them, then maybe the Holy Spirit's not in that. And if they have extra biblical teachings, and there, there was a few years ago, there was this guy, I'm not going to mention his name, and he supposedly had this healing ministry, and he was punching people, knocking people over, and, uh, uh, and, and the sad news is it was all about him. And he had this angel, and I, I can't, I can't, I know I'm being great, but he had this angel, and his angel had a, a woman's name, and I don't remember, I don't, I don't know what it was, Sally, Sarah, I don't know, something like that. And he would listen to this angel, and this angel would tell him and give him revelation and tell him things. And I think, whoa, wait a minute. What about the Holy Spirit? Where is he in all this? Because angels are instruments of God. Angels are not to be the one telling us. Angels are to do for God. In fact, you and I can command angels. Uh, in fact, I pray for my kids all the time. Lord, when they, when they go on their sports trips, when they're driving with their friends, when they're driving by themselves, when you're driving on 270, when I'm on 270, I'm saying, Lord, put your, your angels around us to protect us. Lord God, put a, put a hedge of protection. That, that's what the Holy Spirit, uh, the angels will do. And so when, whenever a, a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, their, their emphasis is on them or away from the Holy Spirit, that is not from God. Okay? Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Alright, let me move on because we need to move on because this is exciting. Some of you didn't think so. Alright, well, let me go back to the beginning. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. For guidance, divine guidance, John sixteen thirteen. but when He, the Spirit of truth comes upon, again, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. Every Christian obviously can pray for guidance. You can pray for wisdom. You can pray for discernment. But when the spirit-filled believer gets enlightened, their spiritual discernment is even more. And I don't know about you, but we need spiritual warnings and, and discernment much more than we ever did before. And you can tap into that. Come on, amen? You see, we live in a, we live in a, 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 a world that is full of danger, full of hate, terrorism. Any moment the market could crash. There, there could be this pandemic virus that destroys all of mankind. Why not tap into the Holy Spirit? Number one, for joy, for peace, but also wisdom how to deal with all this stuff. Come on, amen? All right, never mind then. Let's move on. See, the Spirit is the life that you and I need. And if we merely live on our own knowledge, our own flesh, we're going to go wrong at times. Come on, amen? You're going to do right things at times. You're going to make wise decisions. But there's going to be times when you're going to be stressed. You're tired. You're worn out. You're, you're out of answers. That's when you need the Holy Spirit to help you to guide you, to empower you, to keep you from saying things you should not say, to help you say things that you should say. Come on, amen? So the Holy Spirit will guide you. He can help you. He can help you with business plans. Where are you gonna, where are you, who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go to school? What job? All that stuff, everything. He can guide you into truth, amen? And I, I have a bunch of scriptures here, but I just, I, I just, I'm going to skip them. The Spirit is, again, is the gateway to the supernatural. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gateway. So you don't have to live this world without guidance of the Spirit. God wants to guide you. The Holy Spirit wants to give you truth. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you, but you have to be open to Him. Come on, amen? He will not force Himself upon you. He's waiting for you to say, Here I am, Holy Spirit. Guide me. Give me knowledge. Give me wisdom. The seventh thing, the Holy Spirit is for health. Let me, i got to read this to you. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 10-11. through 11. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. 
For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may be revealed in our mortal bodies. It says, you notice it says, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our bodies. What is the life of Jesus? What is the life of Jesus? Think about that. What is it? It's resurrection power. The Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives where? Do you need a resurrection? I do. Does this church need a resurrection? Both my arms say yes. Does a church in America need a resurrection? If I can get my legs and arms up too. Yes, the church in America needs a resurrection spirit in us. Come on, amen? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Jesus in us, it's a victorious life. You see, a lot of times some of us were fighting to get victory. Jesus paid for the victory on the cross. Amen. You don't need to fight for victory. You need to live in His victory. Come on, amen? Some of you have been fighting a fight. You don't need to fight. You need to just get behind Jesus and say, you've already fought that fight. Holy Spirit, help you to, to be filled with this resurrection life. It's a powerful life. It can bring life into our mortal bodies and our thoughts. It's all the gospel for all needs. We still pray for you. and we have, We've seen many miracles in this room. We've seen many of you healed and restored or refreshed or renewed or, or different ideas. Let the Holy Spirit enable you and empower you. Come on, amen? So what does this do? It means that the Spirit can help you overcome life-controlling addictions. The Holy Spirit can help you break darkness and bondage and fear because we all fear. We all get stressed out. We all, I mean, that's what the world tries to do. It tries to overwhelm you with their stresses of life and you don't need to carry that stress. Come on, amen? You can't carry that stress. I, I was reading and I met this man. He's a preacher now. Brian Bolt, he grew up in Cumberland, Maryland. Anybody know where Cumberland, Maryland is? If you don't know it, you, you just get, up the, get on the highway and drive that way, right? Drive that way and then you go that way. Cumberland, Maryland is right before this little state called Pennsylvania. Okay, and so Brian Bolt grew up in in, in uh, Cumberland, Maryland. He he got around the wrong crowd. Brian began to get addicted to drugs, and he was in and out of jail in trouble. And uh, during high school, at the end of high school, they said, "Listen, Brian, you have two choices: you can either join the Navy or you can go to jail." Brian was wise at the time. He joined the Navy, so he went to he went to the boot camp. You know, uh, he went to basic training. That's a, that's the right word. He went to basic training in San Diego. He, he, he did okay because he got away from his old friends for a while. He, he went to basic training. He, he, does his tra- he, he, he got out and did his MOS or his trade school, all that stuff. And then, though, sadly, he began, cause he began to realize, someone told him, hey, if you go down to past Tijuana, into Tijuana, there's free drugs or cheap drugs. And so he had this addiction, and he was doing okay, but he couldn't break the addiction. And so he, he began to go into, over to Tijuana and wherever in Southern California. He began to get, he became a drug mule now. He began to bring drugs from Mexico into the United States. And, he, and of course, his addiction was, his, his, his addiction needs were met. He gets out of the Navy. He comes back to Cumberland, Maryland. Again, he's in and out. He's, he's living this terrible life. He's addicted to drugs. He is so overwhelmed to the point now that he, he, he's at a bar and, and, and there's people there. And he, he goes and he, he takes these, these two men and he begins to jump them and fight them. He's going to rob them for money because he is so addicted to drugs he can't control himself. One of the men pulls out a gun, puts it to Brian's head and shoots him in the head point blank. Brian, the, the, the bullet ricocheted in his brain in his head and it stopped at, at his carotid uh, blood artery and it kept him from bleeding to death. 
He's in and out of consciousness and, and he's sitting there and he's, they put him in, into the uh, ambulance and he's sitting there and he says, at least I can be free. I'm ready to die. At least now I'm free of this addiction. And the EMT is sitting in the back of the car and says, have you heard of Jesus? He's like, what? He says, Jesus can set you free. At that moment, Brian accepts Jesus Christ. In surgery, they, they took days, weeks, and months. They reconstructed his face. And I've met him. If you ever see him, he's, his eye kind of looks like one of those, you know, could be a glass eye. But they reconstructed his, his, his face and, and, and he began to, to be free of this addiction. And then he, he, he went to training and, he, and he, he, he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. He says, I, I need to plant a church to help other people like me who were addicted and there's no way out. They need Jesus Christ. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He plants a church and then the Holy Spirit gives him wisdom, knowledge and insight that now not only does he plant one church but he starts a network that's planting a bunch of churches. And in fact, he's helping us plant our C32 churches that we're planting in September. You see, the Holy Spirit can help you overcome addictions. Some of you this, this, this morning, you're still addicted to something, whether it's fear or a life-controlling habit or, or something else or something you're viewing or whatever it is. The Holy Spirit can deliver you from that. Come on, amen? Some of you are in fear of, fear of the religion of the world and the Holy Spirit says, I can help you and I'm not going to read it all but Romans 8, 10-15 down to verse 14 because those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again but you have received a spirit of sonship. What that means is that the Holy Spirit and Jesus is in your life. You can be free of the world's entanglements. You don't have to be a slave to them anymore. God is calling to this church. He's calling the church in America. You don't need to be enslaved by the things of the world anymore. You don't need to be controlled by them. Stan Nelson, you don't need to be controlled by the junk of the world. You don't need to be controlled by your fears and your, your, who you think you need to be. You need to be intact, in touch with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that breathed over creation. It says that the Spirit was there. He breathed over creation. And remember God says, let there be what? And what happened? Let there be light. He spoke and it all happened. God is still a speaking God. Why is it that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? They began to speak in heavenly languages because God is a speaking God. And today, some of you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to let go. Some of you, it's been a long time since you've allowed the Spirit to work in your life and let you speak in tongues or have wisdom and knowledge and, and work. Some of you are trying to manage God. Stop trying to manage God. Let God be the king of your life. Let the Holy Spirit have His way. Watch what He can do through us. Come on, amen? If God can take 120 fearful believers, what can He do with a church of 120, 150 people in Montgomery County who are called here to change this world? Come on, what would happen if we believed in that power? If we believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You see, the Spirit, again, is filling us with divine power. In fact, let me read the Scripture and I'm going to be almost done. Mark 16, 17 through 18. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. You see, thank God for science and medicine and doctors and intelligent knowledge and all the advanced learning we have. But sometimes we just need the power of the Holy Spirit to go with us. You are a gateway of the Holy Spirit to the world that you live in. 
And you see, there are people in your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, your home who need a touch from God. You need to not resist the Holy Spirit. You need to flow. You need to say, hey, let me pray with you. Let me lay hands on you. Let, let me just take this, the Holy Spirit and, and God, so we can see something done for God in your life. Come on, amen? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. The last thing is number eight. Unity. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, For we were baptized in one, by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Remember, the ultimate purpose of God is, uh, and the baptizing, baptizing of the Holy Spirit is to unify us for the kingdom of God, for His purposes. No matter, and I love our church, and I love we're, we have different backgrounds racially, politically. Uh, I love all the her- different heritages, but we are one in Christ. We are one in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit wants to to unite us. And I'm going to be honest with you: we're not always a united church, and the Holy Spirit can overwhelm us and get us past our little petty things that we get dis- distracted with, we get angry at. Or we try to be in control. The Holy Spirit wants to unite us for greater purpose. Come on, amen? Imagine, so I, I, I'm sure those 120 20 believers, because they were from all over, they, they did not all come from the same political background, the same religious background. They all came from different backgrounds, but the Holy Spirit united them, and they lived in one purpose. It says they were in one accord. They said, we're putting down our, our rights and we are now children of God, here for God to do His work. Can you imagine if this church and every church put down their rights and we became the army of God. Can you imagine that? You see, listen, this, a, a, an army united is hard to defeat. A divided army is easily defeated. Come on, a sports team that's united, hard to beat, right? A sports team that's divided, easy. Oh, can you imagine going to a concert and they're all playing their own thing in different keys? That would be awful, right? And you're like, oh, this is awful. But when everyone's in the same key, playing the same music, but they're different harmonies and, and it just sound, they're all in the right time, it is what? Beautiful. See, and that's what the word accord, it's symphonio. It means that they are all in, together. They all sounded beautiful together. When the church, when we get in the, the Holy Spirit, we can sound beautiful together. We can be empowered together. We can work together. Come on, isn't it exciting? A spirit-filled church will unite in purpose and power. A spirit-less church fights amongst each other for the smallest things. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of us fighting over the silliest things. In America, too. This church as well. You see, I can tell when we're not filled with the Spirit because we're always talking about our rights. I'm hurt. And I'm telling you as a pastor, I'm concerned when people from the congregation come to me, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Okay, what? I was offended. I was offended. I was offended. I was offended. They did this. They did this. I'm like, Jesus, this is not your plan for the church. If we go around looking to be offended, guess what? You're going to be offended. You're going to find out. Because I probably offended you right now, some of you. Praise God, you're hearing the Spirit today. (laughs) People, a spiritless church, the people are easily offended. A spiritless church, everyone has their own agenda. Everyone has their own idea. And I, and I know i said this before, but I mean, I've had people in this church in the past, because they're spiritless, they've come and they have a list of things that Pastor Stan needs to work on. 
Pastor Stan, I need to meet with you. Okay, great. How can I meet you? Because I'm your pastor. I want to help you. Well, Pastor Stan, if you would preach like this, if you would do this, if you would start saying this, if you would, I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. Is that from the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, I believe it's like, no, it's not. Because he didn't tell me those things. And you see, every one of us, when we have our own agenda, it's not the Spirit's agenda. And when we unite in the Holy Spirit, great things can happen. Come on, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Look what happened in the New Testament church. Acts 2, 41 through 47. I'm not going to read it. But it says that they were, they were together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. It says everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done. Just imagine if we put aside our rights and said, Holy Spirit, fill us, what could happen to our community? Did you know that Maryland has a very high opioid problem? The Holy Spirit can help us overcome that. Because He's really the only one that's really going to help deliver people from addictions. Some of you in this room, you're living in oppression of fear, oppression of something that's going to happen. The Holy Spirit can help us. You see, the devil wants to divide us. The Holy Spirit wants to unite us. Come on, amen? The Spirit always lifts up Jesus. The Spirit wants to encourage you. Would you just let the Holy Spirit flow right now? Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want this baptism of power. Pastor Stan needs this baptism of power. This church needs this baptism in power. The church in America needs the baptism. The church in, in every country, every continent, needs this baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, Father, would you help some of us receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time? Some of us need to be refreshed in the Holy Spirit. It's been a long time since we've been refreshed. Some of us, we're trying to manage you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm tired of trying to manage you. I just want to give you control. And then, Lord, I want you to unite us. I want you to guide us in truth. I want you to speak to us. We know when the world's lying to us and how we can help the world because we have the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the answer to all the problems. I know know it's a trite sound, but Jesus brings salvation. He brings healing. He brings the work of God. And so, Lord, would you allow this church to be the church that you want us to be? Fill the Holy Spirit. Us boldly going out. Let the breath of your Spirit breathe into us. Blow out the junk. Let the fire of God burn out the garbage so new life can come into us today. Holy Spirit, we don't want to just have mere Christianity. We want empowered, lively Christianity that's alive every day. So Holy Spirit, do your work right now. Would you just open up your mind and spirit right now? Let the Spirit just just be open to you right now. Just, Just welcome Him in right now.